were given the charge, especially from the uh, senior leadership. We want to make this happen. Launching anything in six days is absolutely insane. So how did you do that? We don't rush into things, so this was really an unusual, like so many things happening during this time, it, it was just um, different and unusual and we were able to move a lot faster than we normally do. We've got to do our jobs and call, call, care for the souls of people. And when your leaders say something like that to you, you just go, okay, let's do it. I mean, there was just such a sense of mission and that this was our moment and that this is what we we do day in, day after out. We call women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. And so the silos fell pretty quickly because we had a job to do. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Today, we have a special digital ministry conference edition of the podcast, where we replay one of the most requested sessions from the 2020 digital ministry conference. So question for you, how agile is your ministry? By that, I mean, how quickly are you able to respond to changes in your environment and culture? Say, I don't know, say a pandemic comes along. How quickly have you been able to spin up new outreaches? Well, in this episode, we talk with a ministry that started a brand new outreach within days of the pandemic hitting the news. And the beautiful thing about digital is that it gives us the opportunity to test, to learn, and make changes quickly with limited resources. So grab a cup of coffee and listen as Aaron Davis, Hugh Duncan, Brian Van Heitzma from Reviver Hearts share the lessons that they learned from doing ministry at the speed of digital. Welcome to Ministry at the Speed of Digital. So today we're going to be talking with uh, Revive Our Hearts team. And so I'm going to ask um, each of the team members to come on now. So we're joined by Aaron Davis, who is content manager at Revive Our Hearts, and Brian Van Heitzma, who is the digital media director, and Hugh Duncan, who is director of audio video, and content. Now, if you're not familiar with Revive Our Hearts, um, they exist to call women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in all seasons, including seasons of great trial, which, as we kind of know, is <laughs> kind of the state of the world we're in right now. So one of the, the things that we'll be talking about in this session is a new initiative that Revive Our Hearts created um, when COVID-19 came about and started affecting a lot of us in the United States. And so that initiative is called Grounded. So um, before we get into some of these questions, um, for those who haven't, who aren't familiar with Revive Our Hearts or with uh, the Grounded uh, video series, um, Aaron, could you just uh, talk a little bit about what Grounded is and uh, what you do every day with that? Sure. Well, Grounded is a 30-minute live video cast that we do every weekday, Monday through Friday uh, in the morning. It feels very different from our um, regular daily audio teaching, which is a podcast and radio series in that it's a video cast, it's live, and we have guests that come in and we kind of operate in segments like a news program would. So that's Grounded. Very cool. And so 
when when COVID-19 started coming about, um, how long did it take you guys to come up with the idea and from idea to execution? Uh, how long did that take? Was, was it a long period of time? Was it relatively short? Brian's our keeper of the dates, so I'll let Brian answer that one. All right. Sure. Um, I remember we had a, a full team, our team leadership meeting, uh, those of us here on the call, along with Nancy and several other uh, senior leadership, we got together on looking at the calendar. It was March 17th on Tuesday, and they gave us the the charge, the directive. Can we? What can we do to pull this off? And um, we had our first pilot episode Friday, um, that Friday, and then the first real episode went live that Monday. So it was six days. And I would add, Revive Our Hearts is known for being careful and solid, and that's why people tune in, and that's actually why people really like Revive Our Hearts, is they feel they can trust Revive Our Hearts. So we tend to move carefully. We don't rush into things. So this was really an unusual, like so many things happening during this time, it, it was just um, different and unusual, and we move, were able to move a lot faster than we normally do. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, for a lot of us in ministry, uh, what we put out there is, is incredibly important and we have to be very careful with what we say or it can get us in a lot of hot water. So um, what were some of the challenges that you guys had to face to get to <laughs> that six day point? Because that's, I, I'm speaking from experience, just launching anything in six days is absolutely insane. So how did you do that? Um, one of the challenges, obviously, was technically just it, we we launched this right after the stay-at-home orders came in Michigan, so everyone everyone started working at home, and the and that Monday where everyone had been at home for the first time is when we had this meeting of let's launch this. So um, our tech, more and more video technical people are on this call, so I don't know all that they did, but they kind of worked wonders, brought a bunch of gear home to uh, Nathan Bollinger's our, our main video guy, and he took all the gear home with him. So there's the technical challenges, just figuring out how do we do this. And we really built it as it went, as we went. So it, it, it's not super fancy now. It's not like tons of graphics or anything, but when we first started, it was even more rudimentary. Just let's get it out there and, and get it going. So um, we had a good team who, who worked hard to just solve some technical challenges. That's yeah, awesome. well, we didn't have a shortage of what we wanted to talk about. We knew there were lots of things we wanted to address, lots of things going on. So figuring out those rhythms were challenging. Who are the guests we want to go after? What is it we're asking them to do? Do we like it better with multiple guests? Do we like it better with one guest? Initially, we, we really wanted to use international guests because we found very quickly that we had an international audience, but we also learned quickly that then in a live show when you've got a language barrier, um, that that can be challenging. So as Hugh said, we were building the car as we were driving it, um, but we just kept driving. That's great. And it sounds like it took a bunch of different people and maybe even different departments to, to work together to pull this off. Um, did you find it difficult to kind of uh, cross some of those boundaries or is that something that Revive Our Hearts has, has kind of worked really hard 
on solving in the past. Because a lot of organizations, you know, it would be very difficult to pull something like this off just from a communication perspective. So you can guys talk a little bit about what went into that and maybe how you managed the, uh, the barriers or maybe some of those silos that typically come up in these types of things. One thing we had done was we had made a, a transition with Dana Gresh, who's one of the hosts of Grounded. We realized that we needed more voices on Revive Our Hearts, our main daily teaching program. So we had transitioned her into being more of a voice on that program. So she was kind of set up to be ready to host this as well. The other thing, Erin had done some video for us and we knew she had a lot of talent in that area. But one thing we discovered was she just shone in this role and it really let her spread her wings. Um, so she's mostly focused on our writing and our blogs and our Bible studies and that kind of thing. But we, we knew she had ability in this area and it was, it was just a unique opportunity to let her shine. So that was able to happen fast because we had Aaron and Dana. And then we had also purposefully worked hard to bring together a bunch of younger next generation speakers. And we had had a conference in the fall where Aaron and Nancy and Dana had invested in them. So we kind of had a group that had just come together in the fall we had just had a conference to invest in them on how to speak, how to think about communication, that kind of thing. So we kind of had them, we had their contact, we had them in the queue sort of, so we were able to plug new voices in pretty quickly and that helped quite a bit. Ian, another thing that helped internally, uh, we definitely, the first couple of days after the decision was made, um, to, to move in this direction. We, I know I was working with Hugh to research what technologies, what platforms are we going to start distributing this through? And it quickly became apparent that it was going to be beyond something that I was just going to be able to deliver uh, from the technical tool side of things. So then in discussion with Hugh, that's where we started bringing in more of his uh, audio video team members and um, what we found was just having a, the, that singular purpose, uh, I think allowed the freedom to set some of those silos or break those silos down because as a team, we were given the charge, especially from the uh, senior leadership, we wanna make this happen. And so that gave folks the freedom to set aside uh, less urgent or less important projects. Um, so it was really, getting that buy-in from the, from the top internally helped break some of those silos down and, and keep us moving in, the, in those first, first few days. I think Revive Our Hearts is like all organizations in that we have silo tendencies, but I think what, what brought us out here, it was a real sense of mission. Um, I have my notes here from that initial meeting when we decided to do this. I don't know who said this, but somebody in that meeting said the government's doing their jobs, the medical community is doing their jobs. We've got to do our jobs and call, call, care for the souls of people. And when your leaders say something like that to you, you just go, okay, let's do it. I mean, there was just such a sense of mission and that this was our moment and that this is what we, we do day in, day after out. We call women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. And so the silos fell pretty quickly because we had a job to do. That is amazing. And it, from this this concept you know this isn't something that's 
new to revive our hearts, you know, in terms of the type of content you're putting out, the type of value that you're able to provide to uh, your listeners, to your, to your uh, viewers. Um, but it's, it's the type of thing that now you're finding a new avenue for it where, you know, maybe you're not necessarily able to, to do that before. So for other ministries that might be struggling um, right now, to adapt and, and come up with some things. Uh, what advice might you have for uh, somebody who's, you know, in a similar situation? I mean, we all are in a similar situation. Um, so obviously we don't want to just pick and choose, uh, you know, random technologies and go from there. Um, how would you um, encourage them to, to choose something and go from there? It's a good question. My mind is kind of scrambling. I think um, in our case, it was, you know, when we launched this, it felt very much like a crisis. Everybody was wondering what's going to happen. Am I going to get sick? What's going to happen to the economy? We were in that kind of unknown time. I think now everyone's kind of used to uh, life being surreal, but then it was, it was really a kind of a fearful time. But I think it was just sort of like, what opportunities does this open up? If we all have to be at home, what are new things we can do? And, and how does this open up opportunities? I think churches could be asking the same thing. I mean, now a lot of churches are starting to meet again. But whenever all the churches were, were going virtual, it's like, this is an opportunity. You could do things that you can never do in your Sunday service. You could, you could meet with a church in Africa if you want to. You could have members of your worship team all over the world just when when there are challenges like that, just what opportunities does it open up? And I just encourage that kind of thinking. That that was a key word, Hugh, that I remember over and over that that first week as things were really getting surreal, as you mentioned, I found our team continuously saying, there's opportunity here. There's opportunity here where I think it would have been very easy. And I know personally, there was times where I was just getting overwhelmed by fear or by the negative um, news, but realizing there was opportunity there um, and God was, was opening some doors for us. And certainly all of the, this launch effort was bathed in prayer and um, was blessed by the spirit. Um, but yeah, keeping a perspective of, of opportunity and, and definitely and educating whether it's peer-to-peer -peer in your organization or or educating up and here are some of the opportunities that that are before us and you know can we take a risk can we take a, a shot like we talked about yesterday in the sessions can we fire a, a rifle bullet and then maybe later you know upgrade it to to the cannonballs i'd say too that always on forefront of our, our minds was what's god doing through this and it's not just what's an opportunity to help us, but what's an opportunity to serve people and what do people need right now? I think when Nancy called us together, what was on her mind is what are women going to do who are now at home, not having the regular connections, the Bible studies, they're home with their kids. What do they need? And that motivated a lot of it is just thinking through what, what do our viewers need, our listeners need, and what could we do to serve them right now? rather than live in fear, what's going to happen to our ministry, what's going to happen to our donations. It's, it's what do they need and let's let that drive. And then also just 
what is God doing? So continually we're trying to remind ourselves to point people that it, this is not just, we want to offer practical advice. We want to offer things about what do you do with your kids when they're home? How do you stay safe? We, we cover those kinds of things. We're always driving people to what, what's your heart and are you seeking God through this time and always pointing people back to that heart of, of what's God doing through this. And I think one thing that helped us not get our tires stuck in the mud, if you'll let me use a farm metaphor, is that we were willing to forego perfection. We never gave up on excellence. I think the average grounded viewer would be amazed how much back-end work is happening before each episode. It's actually way more scripted than anyone knows, I think. A lot of research, a lot of voices. So we aren't, we aren't just getting on there and winging it. We're committed to excellence and carefully weighing what we're saying and what we're talking about. We, what we were willing to give up on perfection. So for example, when we started, Dana and I were just on our Mac webcams. Um, we've since added some equipment that's made a big improvement, but we didn't wait until we had all of that in place. And we didn't wait, you know, we didn't test the water, so to speak. We did one test run where we said, hey, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, that's great, but that's an accident. We're just trying to figure out what we're doing. And then we launched. Um, so I think to those ministries who see opportunities, but are going to wait until all the equipment needs are met, all the technologies figured out, all of the players are in place, um, you might find yourself stuck. That's great. Cause I think, you know, that's, that's a big paralyzing thing, right? Is, you know, I, you see all of these other businesses, organizations, you know, Hollywood and all of the things that they can do and you want to do that. But, you know, it, it, that's not the important thing. It's, you know, what is your message? What is your, what is your ministry able to provide for your users? That's awesome. So real quick, yeah, I want to... Challenges, and yeah. I would say one of them was the content we were dealing with was constantly changing. So we got on to help people through a crisis, and people's opinions of the crisis kept changing as we went. So... It felt like, you know, we're all in this together. Then it felt like now people are disagreeing. Do you wear masks? Do you not wear masks? Now people are disagreeing. Is the coronavirus a real thing? Is it not? And it, it was like you can get in trouble no matter what you say. And it was a, because we had such a solid team with the technical, Aaron, Dan, and I could keep our pulse on what's going on right now there were many weekends where we were texting, this is happening. We got to change Monday's program. We've got to, this is going to sound tone deaf if we come on with what we had planned because everything in the news just changed and we need to address it. And that was really unusual for Revive Our Hearts, which is usually timeless, you know, don't do things tied to the news. So that was one of the challenges was just being nimble enough to adapt the content to reflect where people are and try to speak to a broad variety of people who might have different opinions on things, but keep them pointed to God and what he's doing in God's word. That's great. So you mentioned, you know, no matter what you say, somebody's going to, you know, have a problem with it. So how do you, how do you deal with some of those negative voices? Uh, because that can be incredibly discouraging, especially if you're trying something new for the first time. There were a couple of people in, in the chat, because we have a, a, a robust live chat that happens. And for the most part, 
that went super well. There were a couple people that we we were carefully watching, like, okay, let's delete that one, because we didn't want the chat to become just a bunch of divisive conversation. So we we had we had um, two full time social media people every program. Um, Michaela and Sam and so they were on there monitoring the chat and that was really important because then they could feed comments to Aaron and Dana but they also could monitor okay this person's stirring up trouble we actually had more people on our team who weren't assigned to grind it but they would watch anyway and they would engage in people like are they asking honest questions or are they just trying to cause trouble we tried to to steer sometimes when we dealt with controversial topics we'd say now we're so glad you chat Let's keep this focused on the Lord today because we know there could be a lot of difference of opinion and we try to head some of that off. I'd say that's been a shift over these weeks. Um, there was a lot of solidarity at first and now as the broader culture has shifted, we're seeing that reflected on Grounded. We're not still not getting lots of criticism, but um, there are, we've, we've mentioned, we've done two shows I think on racism. Those are received very differently than the shows we've done on um, COVID-19. But, you know, we're not, we're, we're trying to say something that matters. And I think if we just had a bunch of people agreeing with us, I'd probably question if we needed to keep talking because it would just mean we were an echo chamber of sorts. So we just take that as uh, part of speaking into a culture that's going through a lot right now. So I want to open it up to anybody who's watching. Um, if you have questions for the Revive Our Hearts team on you know, how they, they went through this, any tips or tricks that they might have, um, feel free to uh, put those in the Q&A box and, uh, and we'll, we'll get them answered. Now, one other question that I have is, you know, did you have a fallback point where you're like, okay, we're testing this out you know, how much time and effort do we want to invest? And, you know, if this doesn't work, what are we going to do? We've had a lot of those conversations. And when it launched, we were all like, yes, gung-ho, let's go. It's been a little more difficult to figure out what's next because we all have other jobs and we all have other priorities. So we actually do have an end date in sight, which is July 3rd. And the idea being that people are going to be, people are leaving their homes more and they will be busier during the summer is the thinking. So um, it's obviously that um, there's talent in Aaron and Dana and the other co-hosts that we have and the guests that we have. And we like to keep it going in some form, but we are going to stop doing it daily at some point. And it's all still set up that we, if the new wave of a crisis comes and we need to come back on daily, we could. But yeah, that's been an ongoing discussion. That's a little bit hard to figure out. We've been several times just saying we're going until we decide it's it's time to stop so we we did not have that in end in sight when we began and we knew we had to keep evaluating absolutely so we have a, a, an anonymous question um, what things or tasks did you need to let go in order to have time to do grounded This is, it's kind of a cheat of an answer, but we all came home and there were certain video projects we just couldn't do. Like we're not gonna go out in the world and shoot some new thing and we're not gonna go in the studio and, and shoot some new thing. That's changed now. We, we had a 
recording session even this week because we're able to do that in our state. But it was a good, it was good timing, at least for me, because a lot of the video projects just went on hold because everyone went home and were able to quickly adapt to this. Um, but it is a challenge. It takes us about, it's, it's a half hour program, but it takes us about an hour and a half every day from production meeting to it going a little long and then we have a few minutes to wrap up. So it is a big commitment every day. This has been a big part of our discussion of how long do we go in addition to the need, which has been a little bit nebulous. Like, are we still in a crisis? Are we not still in a crisis? We will be in crisis till Jesus comes back. So do we, you know, so we're trying to figure that out. How high is the need at this moment? But also what's the best use of team capacity? And there's different schools of thought. Um, I personally don't feel that I've given anything up to do grounded because it's right in my wheelhouse. And as any of us who know, who've done something that's just right in the bullseye of their gifts, the plow just cuts a little easier. Now my Reviver Hearts friends are watching and they may be saying, you haven't returned my email in two weeks. So maybe I've dropped some balls and I haven't realized it, but I think there's been, um, we've put some people in some slots, not just me, but many of us, that they were such a perfect fit for, um, that I, I've seen some flourishing happen. Now, if the moment passes and the Lord has a, a shift in mission for us, then we might see that change. But for me personally, the Lord really expanded my capacity. I went from a non-homeschooling mom to a homeschooling mom of four and a non-daily uh, show host to a daily show host, and yet feel like I'm thriving in many ways more than I was. So that just speaks to the power of when God asks you to do something, he provides what you need to do it. And I would say, too, we did have a, a goal of launching several new podcasts this fall. And when this happened, I was like, okay, we've been praying, searching, what are these new podcasts? What is this new content we're trying to explore? And it's like, hey, this is it. But the, the podcasts we were hoping to launch in the fall are behind. So that is one area where I personally uh, let that go and need to pick that back up. But it was kind of like, well, maybe this is the thing that we've been wondering what are these new outlets for these new voices that we're trying to work on. Yeah, and I think there's, in addition to the grounded team and all the prep that Hugh and Aaron have mentioned, there's all of this backside work that's also happening as each episode gets published. Then we've got a team of designers and content creators, writers that are going in and publishing. And so we had to make some decisions on all of their capacity as well. Does that get allocated in, you know, ramifications for some projects that they might be doing that had to get put on hold. Um, there was website development so that we could have a whole section of the site that features um, the grounded resources. And, you know, that was a project that wasn't on our radar, but really we just, it was a prayerfully considering God's got this door, this open door in, in front of us. And we feel like we're really called to speak into to this area. We've been raised up as a ministry to speak into this area and uh, let what, we'll go into it with our eyes open, knowing that some of these other projects, as good as they are, um, may need to be on hold because we didn't anticipate the, the COVID situation. So it was, yeah, a lot of that just prayerfully considering the open door. We had already made some changes with our daily teaching program where we had made some space, where we had 
new staff helping doing some of what I had done. I had been working on the daily teaching program for uh, almost 20 years and was like, I'm ready to do some new things. So I had some space that thankfully we had a really good team in place that could keep the daily teaching program going. So that was a unique situation that really helped quite a bit. So now what we're saying is what, what have we learned from Grounded? What are the team and the new voices that have been speaking at Grounded and how can we inject some of that into the daily teaching program? Should we, can we, how could we, how could we get Aaron more on the daily teaching? How could we have some of these practical discussions on the daily teaching program? So it may morph into, into becoming, you know, folded into the daily teaching program too. That was a good thought that one of the things as I was preparing for this that had crossed my mind was how much, like Hugh has mentioned, um, how much our experience in being flexible and, and nimble and engaging and grounded, how that's now spilling over into other aspects of the ministry and bringing um, some nimbleness into areas where we hadn't anticipated. And it's it's the cliche of raising the, the level for all the ships. I feel like that grounded has has been a catalyst for that across our ministry and um, in a variety of different projects and even things that have been going on for 20 years. Yeah, let's let's actually talk about that. What are some of those ways that are and, and areas that the learnings that you have from grounded have spilled over? Because that's something you know that a lot of ministries can take advantage of, right? It's you know we try something new and. It's working great, but now situations has, has changed. How can we apply this thing to X, Y, and Z? I would say we, we worked hard from the very beginning to get a diversity of voices ungrounded. So we actively worked at getting, we had, we, we have a strong um, ministry in Latin America, but we wanted a lot of those people that we connect with in our Spanish ministry to be ungrounded. We, we had worked hard to connect with African-American voices and so we did that from the beginning. So, so when these issues of injustice and racism came out in the news, we had people in place. I think what I would like to do more in the future is to get them in on more of the planning, the, the decision-making, the content, because we have them as speakers and voices, I'm really grateful. So we didn't have to scramble and find people to address these issues. We kind of had them on our team but I think an area where we can improve is getting them more even to, into the planning, the back end, the giving input into the content. So, I, and the same is true with Revive Our Hearts, same thing. We're developing a lot of those kind of diverse voices on Revive Our Hearts too, but just how can we keep pushing to have the men on the, the planning side of it too? So it's not like, oh, we just need you to be on our program and speak, but we want you in from the very beginning. I can think of two areas that I hope go on in perpetuity. One is that we've kind of let ourselves be clunky. Um, I run the content team normally at Revive Our Hearts, which means I have this little team of writers and editors. And I say to that team often, listen, my team can fail. We can be the team that fails, which is kind of a bummer because we put things in print and everybody sees it. But um, I just, that's just one of my leadership mantras. And here in Grounded, we kind of let ourselves fail a little bit. We let us try out people that we didn't know that a hundred percent time they'd hit a home run and they didn't all, but it was a live show and that's been part of the charm of it. But um, I think that that can carry into other things. We can let ourselves 
um, again, not hit perfection every time. And then I think we've been really energized by the community that's been created. The women get in the ground to chat. They check in on each other. They, they know who's there and who's not there. They do all this on their own. They roll call. They say, I'm praying for you. We, our team was stayed in the Zoom room last week for about 30 minutes after the show. We were just doing our post-production meeting. And they were still in there chatting. 30 minutes later, the show was long over, but that just speaks to the community that's there. So some little things we've done, we had turned off all the comments on our blogs pre-COVID just because people were commenting less and, and it could be a place where, you know, we got stuff we didn't have the time to, to monitor. Well, we turned all those comments back on because we've been reminded again, like, oh yeah, community is really important and creating places where women can engage with each other based on the teaching they've heard or the topic we've talked about is important. So that's another thing I think I've personally been re-energized to think about where can we create, you know, those wells, those watering holes where women can gather and talk about things that matter. Yeah, and that's, that's great. And, and actually that brings us to one uh, question that somebody asked that how are, how do you plan on moving that community when you hit that cutoff? We know we need to do it. I don't know that we have yet figured out how to do it. And it's a balance, like on our daily program, where we want to give people resources. We want to tell them about Revive Our Hearts programs they can listen to to give them more information and more help. So we want to do these things to connect them, but we also don't want it to just be an infomercial. We want to truly be giving to them. So it's that balance, because we want to share things we think are helpful to them and make and help them be connected. But I remember one comment came through and said, I feel like most of your guests are just there to promote books. And I know that's not true because I know we've had people on the, the day before had not written any book. They were just sharing from their heart. But I think it's a fair observation that a lot of people are on media because they're trying to promote something. So we're trying to make that balance. But we do need some kind of plan of if you want to stay with us and part of the community and find out what the next version of Grounded is, join our mailing list. We are working on that. I don't think we have it cracked yet. One thing. We don't also want to let the fact that we have women there keep us doing something longer than we need to do something. You know, we're, we're pointing them to Jesus and his word. And if we went away tomorrow, they would still have Jesus and his word. And so um, we're mindful of them. We are looking for ways to be strategic, but um, I think trying to be really kingdom minded. Sorry, Brian, I cut you off. No, no problem. I think, Aaron, you've also been really intentional about trying to connect the audience into some other areas, other resources. Um, you know, it'd be helpful maybe if you just mentioned what happened with the husband encouragement uh, content and how that created that Facebook group. So that's a, a way of connecting that's outside of the program. Yeah, that's a great story. So Alejandro Sleeman is one of our co-host um, who is connected with our Spanish ministry and she just said flippantly in a pre-production meeting we had our last husband encouragement challenge zoom meeting and Hugh and I were both like tell us about that because we're always looking for content and she had gone through the husband encouragement challenge which is our most popular we have many 30-day challenges through Revive Our Hearts but husband encouragement challenges by far our most popular and a group of women had decided to do the husband encouragement challenge in quarantine and to keep each other encouraged via Zoom. And um, I was like, that's a show. So we brought Alejandra back in with some other women. We did a show and organically, which has happened over and over and grounded, women started saying, 
what is this challenge? I need to do this challenge. I need to encourage my husband. So many of them did that, that one of our social media people, Samantha, who I know is watching and commenting, so jump in here, Sam, um, said, let's do a husband encouragement grounded Facebook group. And I don't know the number, it's really, really high um, of people who were watching Grounded and then heard about the Husband Encouragement Challenge and then pivoted into that Facebook group. So that means, first of all, they heard about the challenge, which we have, it's digital, um, and we also have a print version. So maybe they were ordering the print version, but then they had this other source of community with other women who were all going through this biblical content and making the decision to follow it. So a cool thing to happen. Uh, 653. <laughs> 653 members. I think you were going to say something, Hugh? Oh, I was just going to say that 653 number. Oh, well. very cool. I think we all saw the stats from Samantha at the same time. <laughs> Excellent. Technology is amazing. <laughs> so we have another question um, from a user. Um, have you given any thoughts to creating some kind of notebook that could help others for what may come in the future? We have not thought of that, I don't think. And I don't know if that means some like a notebook for uh, viewers who need help for navigating the future, or if that means other media ministries, not sure. But um, as far as uh, listeners, we are constantly pointing them to content about how to get into God's Word about trusting God for your future. And we've really focused on that and Revive Our Hearts in these months, too. As far as maybe helping other ministries, this is the first time, this, this conference right here is the first time we've done that. Excellent. I know there's a lot of people watching that are taking notes fervently and <laughs> trying to figure out what are some of the ways that they can they can do something like this as well. Which leads us to another question. Um, Sarah, Sarah Merrill says, uh, what technological or changes have you made or platforms have you added because of COVID that you plan to keep post-COVID? Well, go ahead, you. Well, I was just going to say, I think our tech team learned quickly how to do live video connecting a lot of people from home. I know we're not the only ones, other people do it too, but it really is a skill. I was like with our, our Nathan, our, our video producer, you know, you could help so many churches do their live service. So, and we have used it for in-house meetings with all of Life Action, our parent organization. We've used it for um, chances to communicate with our donors. So I think the the live um, setting is something we'll keep using in the future as a way to connect with people in settings, kind of like what we're doing right now. We've, uh, as an organization, we've been using Zoom meetings for several years now. Uh, what we, I think what we've found through this is um, We've actually been added on the Zoom webinar platform uh, to do some more more webinar types of events like this. And what I've seen is all of the disciplines and the roles that we've developed and grounded that we kind of had to figure out by bumping into things and making mistakes. All of those roles then have been translating well 
into learnings for uh, these, these webinars and online studies that we're starting to do here this summer. So yeah, Zoom webinar um, and Zoom itself. Um, and, and we really wanted to make sure our distribution of the, of the grounded program wasn't limited. So we uh, wanted tools that could, could push those live streams both to Facebook Live and YouTube Live. So those, those platforms were important to us as well. We've done at least two secondary events using what we've learned on Grounded. We did something called Family Chat, which was a donor event that used Zoom. It looked a lot like this. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian and you, but I don't think we had that scheduled prior to Grounded and then we used it as a way to connect with our donors. It was really successful. And then we had a leader webinar um, just last week, which wasn't new to us. We had tried that previously, but I just, it felt so much smoother this year because of a lot of the lessons that we've learned on Grounded. So part of it is just learning the capabilities of things like Zoom and Zoom webinar, which we were already using, but we just maybe had them in second gear and we've learned some new ways to go. Now, I want to ask this question. It, it might sound silly, but when you all first started with this, did you feel like you were experts in what you're doing now? I definitely did not. Uh, it was definitely, um, as I mentioned, we were bathing it in prayer. Those first days were extra, extra bathed in prayer. Um, yeah, we had actually, I think there were a few extra tech folks early on just as safety and, and backup in case connections dropped or we weren't quite sure. But as we went, the roles got a little more streamlined. We realized one person could cover these two different roles and that happened in a few places. So that's from, from the platform side or the technology side, definitely that was my perspective. Yeah, from a technology point of view, I never that would never happen if it were up to me. I had no expertise in that. As far as producing, I know lots of people produce live shows. It's so different from the normal Revival Hertz teaching program because that's recorded years in advance sometimes and edited in advance and script writing far in advance. So this was quite a bit different. I know other people do produce live radio programs, at least live TV, but that definitely was different for us. And I also didn't want to put my hands on it too much. I wanted to hear from Aaron and Dana quite a bit what's on their heart. And Nancy, she would chime in quite a bit too. What's, what's on their hearts and how can I help them say it, but also give them space to say it too and not try to take over, not try to write scripts, you know, try to discern how can I help, but also give them space to do what they want to do. I don't consider myself an expert in anything, maybe growing tomatoes. So I certainly didn't think, oh yeah, I know how to do this. But a sweet story just to give God glory is that I have a, my bachelor's degree is in communication. One of my first jobs out of college was as a broadcast journalism teacher. That was all when I was a relatively new believer, had no concept of ministry or working for a ministry. And then, you know, 20 years later, I've often thought, well, what was all that about, Lord? Why do I have a degree in communication? Why did I teach broadcast journalism? 
I'm a writer. And um, then to kind of get called up and be a daily news reporter is essentially what I am. A lot of those journalism instincts were right there below the surface. And it was really exciting to see the Lord kind of bring a lot of that full circle. Not an expert, still have so much to learn. I told you the other day, I feel like I've been to broadcast college through all of this and I still feel like an undergrad certainly, but um, sweet that those gifts were already there and a lot of the learning had already been done and I didn't know why. This probably is not all of the reason why, but part of it. So he always has a good plan. That's awesome. I mean, anytime we start something new for the first time, it's incredibly hard. And, you know, like you, like you all said, you know, bathe it in prayer. That's incredibly important. Uh, and, you know, if we're going to continue ministering and spreading the gospel and providing value to people, you know, we absolutely have to do that. Um, one last question before we have to wrap up. For organizations that might be you know, a little bit smaller or very concerned about costs for something like this. Um, what advice would you give to them for trying to create some of these new initiatives? I don't know that I'm expert on that either, but I do know that the month of May is one of our biggest times where our listeners provide funds. So it's our big fundraising times are December and May, and this, you know, this happened in March as we were preparing to go into May. And again, we focus with Grounded on just what can we give, not what are we going to do to try to raise more money. And we were really concerned people are losing their jobs. Do we do, we do our normal fundraising? We kind of scaled it back a little bit. We said we know people are hurting. Here's our need. If you can help do but we understand if you can't so we we really backed off our normal wording on things and we just watched god provide everything we needed in may and um i don't i don't know how to say how to do it other than trust god to provide in what he's leading you to do and ask him to provide what you need and we saw him do it that was actually if you watch grounded we do a good news segment every day and one of our good news segments this week was on church giving and many churches are experiencing um, giving equal to April last year in April 2020 and higher than January of this year, which is when the economy um, had not yet experienced coronavirus. So it just speaks to the Lord. You know, we say God is our primary donor here at Reviver Hearts, and he is. But also, I feel like this, what we did could be done pretty inexpensively. Well, we're using a Zoom room. And we did not throw a lot of marketing dollars at it. That's one thing we're evaluating. If there becomes a grounded 2.0, um, we'd probably like to market it a little better. But And we used the staff that we had, so it's not like we were hiring people. So I, there, there may be some soft costs I don't know about. Luckily, I am not the numbers person at Reviver Hearts. But um, I think it can be done well without a huge investment of dollars. Yeah, there's a lot of inexpensive and, and or free tools out there. Um, you know, whether maybe you're just hopping on Facebook Live on your phone, um, you know, Zoom isn't that expensive. And, and really, I think going back to that concept of firing that rifle bullet, you know, try something small, inexpensive, free. There's even tools out there that they have 
you know, 14 day trials or whatever. So I think there, you know, even in the previous uh, segment where we're talking about just the plethora of tools available, there's, there's things to try out there and they, they don't, they don't cost too much. And then as you go, as the Lord provides, as uh, Hugh and Aaron are saying, then you can start to upgrade, upgrade your cameras, your mics, your audio, or whatever tools if you're doing in your initiative and, and just take it a, a step at a time. That's great. Love that. Take it a step at a time. Well, thank you all so much for uh, joining this panel and answering all of these questions. I know I got a lot of value out of it and out of it. And I know a lot of uh, the viewers also got a lot of value out of it. So thank you, Aaron and Brian and Hugh so much. We hope this discussion has inspired you to listen to the market and test new things. We want to encourage you that when it comes to digital, you can move quickly and test with limited resources. If you're not quite ready to start a whole new channel or a whole new outreach, that's totally understandable. But if you want to take the next step towards optimizing your efforts, we have published a free A-B testing guide. So you can find it in the resources section at 5q.com. That's spelled out F-I-V-E-Q.com. Or you can grab it in the, in the link in our show notes. So until next time, keep learning, keep growing. Together, we can multiply our collective impact.